Blog Talk Radio. everybody drop your socks and grab your spocks geekish cast is live and back season two episode three what's happening everybody i'm your host jeremy and joining me today from astro panda networks is rick steelman what's happening rick uh nothing much i think i should say i feel like compelled to say long time first time but yeah um, i'm glad to be here with everyone <laughs> well i'm glad you can make it it's, it's a lot of uh well it's a lot of fun to have you in i know you run the network, Astro Panda Network, that we are on, but I also know you are a weekly listener, so thank you for taking the time to come in. It's great to have you with us. Oh, I'm I'm very glad to be here and excited. Yeah. Also joining us is the wanderer from the wastelands, Chris Saunders from the Nucleus. What's happening, Chris? Yo. How's it going? Doing good. How are you? I was I was trying to think of some some witty fallouty thing to say, but it, it didn't come. <laughs> you should just quote. You should just say, uh, "We have trouble at the settlement, and we need your help." Oh, there yeah. you go. That would have done it. I hate that guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of trouble at the settlement, from Joe on Joe, the Ringo to my Paul, Joe Slepsky, Love everybody. Hey everybody! Hey everybody! Hey Excited guys. to be here. It, it's good to have everybody back. Uh, Paul is out on special assignment from the government this week, so we will be missing him and missing his segment and hoping everything is going well and safe for him. Um, so, geez, guys, uh, let me let me just say real quick that I hope everybody got a chance to listen to episode number 161, which is an interview with Roy Johnson, a guy who is bringing back the standard comics universe and mixing in new characters to get some public domain and some new stuff. Um, should be a lot of fun, but let's do this real quick. Joe, what's going on on Joe on Joe this week? Ooh, this week is an exciting, this week is a, uh, is an episode of Joe and Joe that's kind of ripped from the headlines. Serpentor and Dr. Mindbender send an email to the Joe team and promote three Joe's shipwreck, uh, dial tone and lifeline to Colonel and their inept leadership almost causes the downfall of the G.I. Joe team. It's almost as if an enemy had a hand in electing the leader of the G.I. Joe team, <laughs> therefore causing the downfall of said G.I. Joe team. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's what this week's episode is all about. Kind of prescient. Right? It's a very I... forward looking episode of. Uh... G.I. Joe it, from Joe on Joe. Totally. Yeah. I, and um, I, it's actually, it actually is a really good episode. It's, it's, it's one I had forgotten a lot about, and, and I really enjoyed it. But then you add that layer of rip from the headline, sadly, and it takes all kinds of new meaning on. Yeah. 
Um, hey, Chris, so I hear you've been wandering around the wastelands lately. What is, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, we just released episode one on uh, um, the 30th of September, which was marked the 20th anniversary of the release of Fallout 1 back in 97. It was also International Podcast Day. Um, <laughs> uh, right now I'm editing our second episode, which is going to come out, incidentally enough, Friday the 13th. <laughs> you can't be nice. <laughs> uh where we talk about um some of the um some of the stuff going on in a few of the main player countries in the Fallout universe like the United States, Russia and China. So we're doing real world pre um divergence from the from 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 real timeline stuff. So we're talking about real Chinese history, real uh Russian history, real United States history. All leading up to, um, you know, the divergence of the Fallout universe from our own. Right on. And Rick, since it's your first time in and you got a little more to talk about, I'm going to allow you to indulge yourself a little bit. Why don't you tell us about the Astro Panda uh, Network and what's going on over there? Uh, should I take a deep breath? No, I'm just joking. Uh, tons of things are going on here. Um, I'm really, I'm really psyched about this show, Geekish Cast Live. It's like. One of the shows I listen to religiously, I mean, I listen to the regular uh, episodes that you put out every week, but uh, I encourage everyone to check out the last episode. And I'm just really impressed with how your interviews go. And um, I think I was, I forget what the episode was, but you were talking to the the guy that um, had gotten cancer and that was his inspiration for making the comic book. And uh, it was just like really inspiring to see somebody, you know, taking that, on themselves and like changing their life based on, you know, a bad pitch they got thrown at them. So, I mean, it's re- really exciting to see the show come along. Uh, Nucleus, I, I want to tell everybody to check that show out. And uh, uh, across the network, uh, Still Human Podcast has sort of changed their format and um, from a show that they were kind of examining the human condition to more of a space exploration drama. So it's kind of. Uh, like a, a story that they're telling for people that are traveling uh, a, a ship that's traveling to planet G one fifty nine C and uh, scream at the screens. We're coming back. We're going to do blade runner 2049. It's just been a long summer with conventions and everything's been really busy and overwhelming, but uh, big things on the horizon for Astro Panda productions. And I really encourage everybody out there who does a podcast. If they want a network that, you know, self promotes and we're out there, we're going to be, uh, at many conventions, Dallas Fan Days, in Artist Alley there, just promoting our network and really bringing it to the public now because uh, we're growing every day and we have just a, a tremendous list of shows, uh, ones that we've mentioned here and, and other episodes. And hopefully I can bring back the Ricardo Fantastico show, but I just writer's block and not getting uh, people lined up to, to guest on there. So uh, big things in the future, and I, I just really appreciate you having me on tonight. Well, I'm, I'm glad you could make it. Um, also, real quick, we got some big things coming up for Geekish Cast Live. Fred Awanek from Corner Gas, uh, Dino Trucks, uh, Dan Vermeer, uh, Monk, a lot of TV shows you've seen, will be guest hosting with us the first week of November. Um, Dominic Davy, who is the creator of uh, Dinosaur Factory Comics, but also the founder of the punk band Tsunami Bomb, will be joining us. Uh, so we got a lot of guest hosts coming up. I don't know that it will happen. 
but I'm working on a couple pro wrestlers from the 80s, too. But we'll see what happens there. Um, so as we get into this week's episode, I'm going to start with something. I don't normally do politics when we do this show, but I was tempted to do a moment of silence to cover uh, what happened in Vegas this week. And unfortunately, once again, a mass shooting in, uh, in America, and all we get is silence. Our government won't say a word or do a damn thing. So let's talk about something from Nerdum that deals with mass shootings a little bit. The New York Comic Con has pulled the Punisher from its panels and will not be showing its uh, a trailer. Um, I don't want to get too far into this, uh, but, you know... Should we have a character right now when America has another mass shooting every three months who does mass shootings? I don't know how you guys want to talk about it, but I wanted to make sure we addressed it real quick and then we moved on to something else. So when you guys I mean, want to jump in, let me know what you think. I, I, only, I only have one thing to say about it. Um, you know, when, when, our, when our country um, basically um, thinks that a – school full of dead children is um unacceptable thing um to do nothing about then what what can you what can you say about stuff that happens after that and that's all i have to say about it sadly i agree with that um you know there's no reason for me to think anything is going to change i hear they're talking about how long these bumper stock thing or bump stock things that's great but that's not that's not solving the problem um as far as how it, how it reflects uh, the comic industry, I 100% understand, you know, why they, they don't want to, to highlight it this week, you know. Um, you know, the, yeah. the, the, influence of, the influence of comics and violent cult, that's, that's a bigger conversation. But, yeah, I don't blame them. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even uh, be surprised if, if Netflix quietly pushed it back because I think it was supposed to debut, like, in two weeks or something. I don't remember Punisher, the premiere Punisher, date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I understand what you're meant, and we probably should have brought it up by name. But, um, you know, here's the thing. If that guy had been a little bit younger, it would have been blamed on, what, Halo 17 or something yeah, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, Um I don't know. At some point, I think we as nerd culture people need to say something. Uh, but obviously sending thoughts and prayers and moments of silence hasn't done well, a damn thing so far. Those are, yeah, that's, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and I like to take well, a positive spin on it just real quick, um, too, sure. is that in times of tragedy, I think that one thing that we've seen and, and one thing that we can uh, note as of, you know, Hurricane Maria, um, Irma and Harvey, and then this tragedy is that you really see the true American citizen and what it means to be an American and uh, helping each other out uh, on the civilian level we're talking about here and just the courageous people that ran in there uh, while guns were blazing and somebody spraying over the crowd and rescuing people and people coming together. And it, uh, in these times, um, there's a lot of negative stuff and uh, things that are talked about. But one thing I always like to point out is just the tremendous individual stories of people rescuing people and people helping each other out. And I think in times of tragedy, America and its citizens seem to, uh, seem to shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. I will give that a a total applause line, as well as point out that Mister Rogers has a quote out there somewhere that when he was a child and he would see a tragedy tragedy on TV, his mother would say to him, "But look for the people helping." 
there's always somebody there helping. Um, and, yeah, um, but you're talking about you're talking about Fred Rogers, who was also a sniper during the Vietnam War. Let's not forget that. Uh, during Thank Korea, <laughs> Thank you. No, or Korea. I'm sorry. No, I want to get, that, I wanna get my urban legend correct. He was yeah, a sniper that, that, in Korea. That, that, that wasn't, that's not true. I know it's not true. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> <I know that. laughs> hey, during Vietnam, he was on that's TV. One of the, that's one of the Richard Gere gerbil ur- urban legends. There's, there's still people that will say that about, about him, so... <laughs> That's funny stuff. And uh, there is nothing rumor about the gerbil and uh, Richard Gere. I knew that right? gerbil. He was a friend of mine. He was a friend of yours. <laughs> you mourn him every day. Oh, man. But enough about that. Um, okay, guys, so let's move on to things we, we don't have to be maudlin and sad about. Oh, but I do want to mention real quick, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away a week ago. Lance Russell from uh, Memphis Wrestling passed away this week. So if you're a classic wrestling fan, we had two huge losses that I don't want to walk past. But because we're starting off with such a heavy thing, I don't want to compare the two. I'm just going to mention them, and we're going to move on to better news. Number two, The Flash gets a new costume on TV. Uh, Does anybody else here besides me obsess on the CW superhero stuff? I like it. I don't obsess on it. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, well, that's that's both of your failings then, and uh, many of your friends will die in fire because. Of- okay, we'll see. We'll talk to you later. Good night. Good night, everybody. Great show. But you guys did get to see the new costume, right? Yes. And that yeah. is a, a a long shot better than the first one we had, if I'm if I am not mistaken. I would agree. Definitely, yeah, 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 they've improved it a hundred percent. Yeah, it looks more like the comic book. I realize it still has more details, this, that, and the other. Um, I kind of, I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of wish that TV comic, uh, TV superheroes look like the comic book counterparts, but we had that in the past, and it always looked too hokey. Uh, Joe, what do you think about that? Uh, think about the past costumes? In the past episodes, past shows, when they tried to do superheroes and tried to stick too close to... Uh, Spandex was it too hokey looking? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, it's all about it's kind of all about texture, you know. And 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 I think costume designers always took it literally when when you when you'd use the phrase spandex, so they literally put them in spandex. Um, this is the this is the really wonderful growth from what Smallville did in kind of mm-hmm. leathering it up, but not leathering it in a in a cool way, leathering it in a texture way, you know, like give, using material that kind of looks really good and kind of grabs the film, so to speak. And you know, yeah. like grabs grabs the light well, uh, so that's yeah. So I I think I think cost, superhero costumes and TV are amazing. I mean, go back to the legends of the superhero stuff in, in the in the seventies. I mean, terrible oh. or, or the Justice League pilot, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Even the original Flash TV show, which I like, that costume was kind of awesome. But when you look closer, you're like it's it's felt, and it's you know just a super muscle suit, you know. Was it felt? I thought it was textured rubber, textured latex. It looked, it, it, no, it always looked like it had a felt, a felt uh, like covering to it. And you know, again, we, we I think were, though, I think though, to grab the light, they think that's they, that may be why they they used it. But yeah, I think I think super costumes on TV are just dynamite, with the with the glaring exception of Inhumans. Holy cow! Yeah, that wow. jumps the fire. <laughs> that is sorry, I didn't mean to rain on your parade today. I'm still not. That's there hard yet. to watch. I'm still. Hard I'm still not okay to watch. Yeah, I'm still Very not. I'm still not hard. there. 
<laughs> what do you guys, uh, Chris and Rick, what do you guys think of uh, superhero TV costumes? Uh, well, I, I think, like, when you reference the past, there's something nostalgic about the Adam West Batman stuff. Even though you look back at it now, and it's um, it looks kind of weird, but I, I just love it for some reason. I don't know why. Can't explain it. Can't put it into words, but it's uh, it, it's something that like always puts a smile on my face. Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. I mean, come on, what's that? And I think, I think now, I agree with the texture comment. It it they've done something past beyond Smallville, where even with like Daredevil and uh, soon to be um, the Punisher, you have just more practical, is what I would say. I mean, it, it looks the looks of the costumes are more practical to me. But which one do you like better, the practical or the fantastical? Well, I mean, I, going out of TV, I like the Tim Burton Batman. I, I like that look. I like the fantastical, I think. I side with that. Uh, just because of the, the whole superhero image. It's something that holds that, that comic book image in my mind. And the newer uniforms as long as they keep going in this direction, like the flash is kind of going back, but, um, I fantastical is what I side with. Okay. Hey, Chris, how about you? What do you like the fantastical or the realistic? Which one's your favorite? Uh, I like more of the realistic stuff. Um, you know, I, I play, I play, you know, RPG games and I, I really hate, I really hate it when the, the the armor they give you to wear is is like um, so unrealistic. It's laughable. So I, I I I try to even in my games stay with what seems the most practical and things like that. So I, I like to see I like to see that kind of stuff on on superheroes, uh, especially as we get into the, the modern age and stuff. Um, I don't really have a comment on specific ones, especially not the ones you're talking about, because I, I don't really watch a lot of TV. So, <laughs> I mean, right. from the, yeah, for, I mean, from the pictures I've seen, I mean, they look pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then the, the, uh, the last of our top three, before we get into, uh, what we're geeking out about in the big story of the week would be, um, it appears Everybody, we'll we'll see what happens with this and what our feelings about it are. Uh, Bruce Wayne's getting married. Uh, Joe, since you are the resident big hitter in comic books, how would you like to uh, start this conversation off? Well, um, first I'd like to raise my glass to my friend uh, who we thought was just a confirmed bachelor, waiting for the right lady. Kept young boys in caves. Kept young boys around, yeah. (laughs) Finally, Bruce, you're finally making it happen. Um, yeah, you know, it's exciting. Well, you, you, they still got to get down the aisle. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I, so I, I hope, here's what I do hope. I hope that they, uh, drag out is the wrong phrase to use, but I hope that they use it. They don't get married next month is what I'm saying. I hope they actually use it as a story point for a while, you know, go through kind of all the stages of what that would really do to his life and things like that. Because it feels like, that's the kind of story they would tell in it's like, like echoing back to like the old silver St. Cloud stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I would consider it a dead end, except that uh, they made Damian Wayne Robin 10 years ago, and he's still Robin now. So yeah. there's at least some some per, you know uh, some version of this future where they're willing to make a change to a character, make Superman a dad and a married man, maybe make Batman a dad and a married man, and if my fingers are crossed, make Nightwing a full member of the Justice League. But also, but also, <laughs> yes. let's not let's not miss the obvious things that are in front of us. Uh, what is happening uh, towards the end of this year? Doomsday clock. So mm-hmm. if we're gonna get some type of world resetting, this would be the perfect time for them to to actually rush him in, get him married, do all that, make him happy, and then there's some kind of you know reset button so, that that negates so, it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but before before I throw this to uh, Chris and Rick, let me let me throw this at you. Could the main DC universe we're looking at right now become the Earth Two of the post Doomsday world? Hmm. Married Superman, married Batman, uh, Helena Wayne. We're seeing some familiar elements come together here, aren't we? Hmm. What what do you think there, uh, Joe? Am I am I thinking too too much on this? I think you're going too far, but you know I think it's it's gonna I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be as literal as that, but um, okay. yeah I think I think we know that the JSA is coming back. We know that you know they're bringing uh, there's plans for the Legion, whatever they may be. Um, so yeah, I mean I think I think there's gonna be some form of resetting after Doomsday Clock. So I think that. Him and Catwoman being happily ever aftered could could definitely be one of the one of the costs of it. Absolutely, Rick and Chris, what do you guys think? Keeping in mind we're live, guys. Somebody jump in. Yeah, here. They have no. They <laughs> have no know, opinion I didn't want to step on anyone. Um, I'll, I'll just take it. I, I I think it's an interesting character dynamic for Batman to have a solid love interest like this, and and. I mean, I'm, I'm not familiar. And I, when you said doomsday clock and reset, that was like went completely over my head. I'll be honest with you, uh, what that means. Oh, okay. and for that, I apologize. But um, <laughs> they're they're doing a crossover with uh, with Doctor Manhattan at least from The Watchmen, and oh, you know okay. what does he do but rewrite reality and things like that. So oh, I got you. I, okay. Yeah. So so basically, this could be just the ending of them, like you were saying. They they ride off into the sunset. Uh, yeah, or, I would yeah, like to something see change or something. Okay, I, and I would like to see. I mean, I, w- I would like to see character dynamics where you have these superheroes and families. I think it's interesting. It could add to co- the complexity of the story sometimes, but sometimes it, it gets carried away. I mean, and people always, almost all the time, end up dead. Well, we are seeing that uh, in a really good way with Superman. I don't know that I need it like a family dynamic for Superman and Batman at the same time, but the yeah. Superman stuff has been awesome. They've given, I don't know if you're following, but they gave him a son and he's like, he's like 10 years old, 11 years old. He's not, he's definitely not a teenager yet. And it's so fantastic. And he's happily married with Lois again. And uh, the dynamic of him as a dad has been absolutely delightful. Absolutely. Yeah, more I mean, and more. I'm, I'm going to go to my Earth Two interpretation of this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. <laughs> I wasn't going to say a whole lot. I was just going to say it's about time, I guess. Um, Poor Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it was bound to happen one of these days. 
What, what's he been I single imagine. for? Like, what, what's he been single for? Like, well, I don't know. Since thirty nine. Like, yeah, <laughs> since the thirties. <laughs> yeah, since nineteen thirty nine. So it's at seventy eight years. That's a long time. Hey, hey, he had a he had a good run as a bachelor, but yeah, yeah. seventy eight well, years. Yeah, we all had one of those uncles, but none of them were Batman, I don't think. What's the 75th anniversary? It was like the, the, the platinum or something? The, the platinum anniversary of being single? He got, a, he got himself a platinum grill. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, well, I think, the, I think your 80th anniversary is kryptonite, so Superman's in trouble. Well, I was going to say, if it's your anniversary of being single, I think your 80th has been gay because your arms are really tired. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps I've said too much. Oh, you guys, get ready. Get ready to block your ears because we're going to do our What Are You Geeking Out About? But we're going to do some Sting music. And I never know how loud it's going to be or how quiet. So be ready. <laughs> <laughs> No, that wasn't bad at all. That, that was good. That was good. It was nice yeah, and moderate. I, I, like that. I think that came in like, quite nice. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, what are you geeking out about this week? It's all about Blade Runner this week. Very excited. Oh, yeah. Very excited for Blade Runner 2049. In fact, after we finish the show tonight, I'm uh, sitting down with my wife, and we're going to do a rewatch of the original, the director's cut, or the final cut, actually. The final cut. Okay. Eight, yeah, there's 18, there's 18 cuts of it, yeah. But I got that <laughs> deluxe box set that came out about eight years ago. So, uh, Deckard, yeah. is he a replicant or not? Uh, well... I don't know how much spoiler we want to get into, but I saw it Just online. In your head canon. In my head canon. Yes. yes. In my head okay. canon, yes. Yes. I met uh I once met Edward James Olmos and um and the actor who played Colonel Ty from Battlestar. Oh yeah. And so yeah, say was, we all Yeah, I love that show. I was thanking them <laughs> effusively for, for for their work on the show. And when it was done I said to, to Mr. Olmos, I said, uh, man, all I sort of really wanted at the end of Battlestar was as you were piloting your ship in, you just made a, a origami unicorn. That's all oh I wanted. My God. Like just some, cause it's <laughs> a lot of the same themes. I mean, like just throw one origami unicorn at the end of Battlestar. That would have been amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I've always thought that Deckard was a replicant from, from the director's cut, not from the voiceover version. No, no, no. Just, just in your head, which, which way did you feel about it? That's all I was yeah. concerned with. Yeah, Deckard. Deckard is. Yeah. Uh, Chris, but what I love it. I, I love. I love Blade oh. Runner. Blade Runner was my first rated R movie as a child. Oh, okay. That I that, yeah, that I purposely like sought out, knew I wasn't supposed to be watching a rated R movie, and was hanging out at my buddy's house, and they had um, like bootleg cable, so they had all the, um, you know, they had all oh. the channels. This is this is probably yeah. 1983. I was probably eight or nine years old, and it was the first rated R movie that I that I was like, me and Pat were like, all right, we're gonna watch. It's called Blade Runner. And there's like three seconds of boob, but the rest of it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Blade Runner is a big movie for me in my in my personal personal yeah, uh, uh, I history. Can, I can see that. Mine was Conan the Barbarian, and my dad took me to see it when I was eight years old, and I've never been the same <laughs> since. <laughs> I want to crush my enemies, see them driven before me, and hear the lamentation of their villains. Chris, <laughs> what are you geeking out about this week? Uh, pre-orders should be coming up for the new Fallout Wasteland Warfare, um, board game, actually. Um, it's, um, it's a miniature, miniatures, uh, uh, 
you know, sort of war game in the vein of like Warhammer or whatever. Um, basically, I mean, they have, it looks like some player versus player cooperative and solo missions. So I might have to sell all my destiny cards to um, buy into this game because it looks phenomenal. Some game changeover for Chris is coming up. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the core set, and depending on how much I like it, I might have to say bye bye to my Destiny cards. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to us all from time to time. Rick, what are you geeking out about this week? Well, I'd like to first say that my first rated R movie was The Exorcist, and it scarred me for life. I was like nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie to be scarred by, right there. Yeah, uh, but no, what I'm geeking out about this week is, as we all know, this is a New York City Comic Con, and I'm a Funko fanatic, so they release uh, convention exclusives this week. So this morning, I was up at 6 a.m. at Barnes & Noble waiting to get my Chrome Batman with all the other no-lifes out there uh, for four and a half hours. So, uh, But yeah, I collect anything and everything Funko, and today's a big day. They do... Uh, Convention exclusives for New York City Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, and Emerald City uh, Comic Con. So, big, big five hundred dollar expenditure today. Oh, geez, you dug way into your pocket for that one. Yeah, I got one of everything. (laughs) Holy cow! Um, I'm actually trying to pay off a bunch of credit cards and vacations from last year, so I'm not buying much of anything for the next five or six months. What I did do, and this is what I'm geeking out about. Well, I'm going to give you what I was going to geek out about and then what I am geeking out about. Uh, In honor of our friend Chris and his new show, The Nucleus, I started playing Fallout 4 again. Yeah. Yes. Um, I did buy Destiny 2, Joe. I hated it, and I just put it away. So maybe I'll dig it out (laughs) later and try it again. You should have signed up for Gameplay. You could have played it, and and that cost you $60. No, that's that's a good point. Oh. We'll have to talk about that sometime. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Joe from Joe on Joe may or may not work for Gamefly. <laughs> may or may not uh, be on the marketing team at Gamefly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I also bought a couple How to Draw books again and started sketching and playing around again. And I have started to work on my version of what the original Friday the 13th Part 3 could have been. Changing names, changing looks, but having Jason follow Jenny to the uh, hospital on Saturday the 14th. So that's what I'm really geeking out about is me working on a graphic novel for the first time in 20 years. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what I'm going to geek out about is me starting to draw and write again after years and years of not having done so. I'm well, hey, um, you know somebody's steeped in Friday the 13th lore, so... Uh. <laughs> yeah, I figured I figured I'd email Oz if he and see if he had any thoughts on the matter. Oh Chris. no! <laughs> that was a gut shot. That was a low blow, sir. Oh, sorry about I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we're geeking out about this week. <laughs> oh. Hey, just, just to just to just to just to carry this a little bit further. That's sort yes, of sir. what the original intent of part three was supposed to be. It was. I've told you guys before about that dream I had where I sat and watched this movie with a friend of mine, and it was a whole different movie that went in that direction. And then he told me about how 